Hey everybody, how you doing today? Uh, it's day 13 and I want to welcome you in again this morning. There is no countdown, uh, no countdown clock. I just want to be able to engage you uh, and just say good morning to you, good afternoon and good evening. I'm super, super excited that we are now in day 13, meaning we have just about uh, one week left. So we want to go ahead and hit this uh, week strong. Um, in the comment section, let us know where you're streaming from. Say something kind. Say something uplifting. Bless us. Let us know who you are. Uh, we're just glad to have you. Uh, thank you for your emails. I'm receiving emails every day and I haven't responded back to many people. Forgive me. Do know that after the fast is completed, I intend to respond to every prayer request. You submitted a prayer request um, this before you signed up or as you were signing up. And I want you to know that um, I will be responding as I have been and I'm still praying over all of those prayer requests. Um, but I really want to take the time to at least say, uh, send you an email correspondence and let you know this is what I'm praying for and have been praying for. Um, but thank you for partnering with me in this fast. I am absolutely grateful for uh, your partnership. I can't say thank you enough for trusting me. Um, I am receiving private messages from people who are just saying that, uh, who are who are just not realizing that you know God is so real and that um, God is really doing things in their lives. There's a lot of people who are experiencing revival spiritually um, right now, and they are absolutely ecstatic. Um, and I'm grateful for this. Um, we have people across the globe who are joining us. So go ahead and be kind um, to someone. Bless someone. Some It's someone when we get off, it's their nighttime. It's someone's morning time. It's someone's early afternoon. We're here. We're here and we're ready to get started. Are y'all ready to get started today? Uh, come on in. If you're just tuning in, I'm saying thank you. And I'm just wanting to engage you Um I, who do we have in the United States? We have Connecticut. I know we have New York. We have Missouri, Missouri in the house. Um, we have Mississippi in the house. Who else do we have? Uh, I know we have Tennessee and Memphis in the house. Who else across uh, the United States? And if you are in uh, uh, a country uh, beyond the United States, let us know where you're coming from if you haven't already shouted out. Because we got Johannesburg. Uh, we got South Africa here. And we're just grateful. God is good. Is, is is God good? I mean, he's absolutely good. I want to bless you and I'm going to pray with you. And then we're going to jump into today's lesson. Um, just follow me today. Um, I was trying to wrestle with which passage to stick and to give you. Um, but we're going to get to that passage. But I need to share with you something as we transition to the final week. And we begin to focus on declaring um, and decreeing things into existence. Um, today, if you're live streaming right now with me today at two o'clock PM central standard time, we will be zooming for 30 minutes, zooming for 30 minutes on YouTube right now. Um, I have some friends and family, some team members who will, uh, submit the YouTube link. And on Facebook, I have family and friends who will submit the, uh, the, uh, the Zoom link, not the Facebook link, but the Zoom link, YouTube. There should be a Zoom link 
and Facebook, there should be a Zoom link. If you want to join us, you can join us. If you have questions, testimonies, uh, you just desire fellowship, go ahead and join us, right? We're looking forward to having you. Let me pray with you. Day 13, let's go, baby. God, our Father, you are omnipresent. You're everywhere at one time. You're omniscient. You know everything. You know all things. Nothing is outside of your knowledge. You know our thoughts. You know our concerns. You know everything about us. You're omnipotent. God, you are all powerful. Nothing is stronger than you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, we seek you for wisdom. We thank you for this fast. This fast has been eye-opening, revelatory, and God, you're opening our eyes, you're opening our spiritual appetites, and you are about to increase us and even give us more authority. Lord, we say authority because God, we need your permission. We need your authority to be able to use the power that you've given us. God, we want that authority, but we want your glory more. We want relationship more. We want more of you. So God, bless us today. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say authority. All right, do me a favor. And I just want you to walk with me for a moment, right? Um, I was rereading uh, some notes from three influential characters uh, in the Bible. I was rereading some notes from them that they had written. And I want to present it to you because there's something very simple, um, but very important that I need to share with you today as we transition into our final week. It was in Isaiah chapter 49, right? Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1. Isaiah had been very discouraged from ministry and doing what he thought God called him to do. He got discouraged because he didn't see movement. He didn't see change. He didn't see anything. So he became very discouraged. He had a conversation with God. God spoke into his life and re-encouraged him. And God said something to him that I want to bring to the surface because in my private time, it was brought back to my remembrance. Therefore, I want to share it with you. In verse one of Isaiah 49, it says, um, listen to me, all you in distant lands, pay attention. You who are far away, the Lord called me before my birth, right? That word Qatar, he called me. He called me before birth. And it says from within the womb, my mother's womb, he called me by name. When it says that he called me by name, that word zakar, it literally means that he recorded my name. It means he, he, he was caused to remember. It means that he thought about me. More importantly, that word means that God marked me, that God gave me a birthmark. He gave me a birthmark when I was in my mother's womb. What am I saying? In the text, God reminded and encouraged Isaiah, don't you worry, because when you were in your mother's womb, I marked you. I gave you a birthmark. And when he says, I marked you and I gave you a birthmark, he said, I set you aside. I gave you my undivided attention. He, this means when he says he marked you, he's saying that I focused on you. I 
purposed you. You are no accident. When I made you in your mother's womb, it was all intentional. Nothing about it was accidental. As a matter of fact, when he says that I marked you, I called you when you were in your mother's womb, he's saying that I custom made you. Somebody say marked. He's saying that I marked you. I gave you a birthmark when you were in your mother's womb. And that was encouraging to Isaiah because he knows that I'm no accident and everything that God did with me was absolutely intentional. And there's similar language. I was listening and paying attention to the notes of someone else in Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote notes, right? And when I was reading over his notes, it was a, it was similar language, very similar language. And God was calling him. God was commissioning him. And God had to encourage and convince him that he was qualified for what he was calling him to do. And in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, as I'm reading over his notes, it says this, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed you in your mother's, what? Belly. I knew you, meaning that I had intimate knowledge of you. We had intimate relationship before I placed you in your mother's womb. Come on, just, just follow me because I'm going somewhere. It's going to take me a quick second, but I'm going somewhere. He said, before I put you in your mother's womb, we I knew you. We had intimate relationship and intimate, I had intimate knowledge of you. And then he says, before thou came forth, before you came out of your mother's womb, he says, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. And when he says that I sanctified you, he said, I knew you before I gave you or formed you, fashioned you, before I fashioned you, before I made you in your mother's womb, he said, I sanctified you. And when you look at that language, he's literally saying, before I made you in your mother's womb, I marked you. I marked you before I made you. I gave you a birthmark before I made you. The very similar language as Isaiah, he is saying that when you, before I put you in your mother's womb, he's saying that I set you aside, that I gave you my undivided attention and I focused on you. He's saying that I custom made you. He is saying that I called you. I knew you. And I, he said, when I sanctified you, I set you apart and to mark you and to mark you means I set you apart. You are unique. You don't look like anybody else. You aren't anybody else. You are one of a kind. He said, I gave you a birthmark. Somebody say marked. I'm going, I'm going, just, just follow me. And I was, I was looking at that same text or looking at some more notes. Again, I marked you before I made you. And I was reading, so it's not only Isaiah who is very instrumental in the Old Testament, not only Jeremiah who is instrumental in the Old Testament, but I was reading the notes of David the king. And we know David the king is also very instrumental in the Old Testament. So I'm reading the notes of three biblical characters who are very instrumental in the Old Testament. And his notes uses the same language as the previous two. And in Psalms 139, roundabout verse 14, this is what David says. He says, I will praise you, huh? Because I am fearfully 
fearfully and meticulously, wonderfully made. Marvelous, marvelous are your works. And it says that my soul knows very well. And when you read verse 16, it says, your eyes saw my substance be being yet unformed. Your eyes saw my substance before it was formed in my mother's belly. Before they could see anything, you already saw me. You saw me. And it says, in your book, in your scroll, they all were written. What is it? They, they all were written the days fashioned for me before any one passed. Oh man, we, we we just the same language. That word when you were when you were wonderfully made is literally saying that I was set apart. When he says that I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. When you made me, you set me apart. When you made me, you marked me. The same language. When you made me, you didn't make me like anybody else. You gave me a birthmark and I was unique. I was unique because you gave me your undivided attention and you were very intentional with me. You didn't throw me together. You took your time when you made me. What is he talking about and how is this going to get to uh, mark my words? Just keep following me because I'm trying to build the argument. And so if you keep looking at the text, it says, when you made me, you marked me. You made sure I was unique. But it goes a little further. In Psalms uh, 139, when he starts talking about my days were fashion, he's literally saying, not only did you mark me, but you marked my days. When you fashioned my days, you made sure you took the time and you looked at every single day of my life before one day passed and you made sure that you set apart each day and that each day was custom made and that each day was marked. So God, not only did you fashion, not only did you give me a birthmark before I was born, but when you looked at my days, you gave my days the same undivided attention that you gave me. So not only is Am I marked? Not only was I marked, but you're telling me that you marked, you gave my days of birthmark. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to build the argument. He's saying you fashioned, you formed, you marked my days. You set my days apart. If the Bible is true, just a few minutes, if the Bible is real, if God is who God says he is, and if the scriptures that we're reading is alive and well, which it actually is, this means one thing. This means you are a marked man. This means you are a marked woman. This means if since God gave you a birthmark and God set you apart and God focused on you unique, 
You are unique. God made sure he gave you his undivided attention, your birthmark, your, your, your fingerprint. Nothing is like anybody else's. You are set apart and you are purpose. He said, I purposed you, I marked you, and I marked your days. If this is true, since this is true, this means your life is a marked ministry. Let me help you. Let me help you. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm about to make that jump. This means your life is a marked ministry, but I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. God formed you. God knew you before he put you in your mother's belly. God gave you a birthmark before he gave you to your parents and God ordained and fashioned and marked your days. He did this. Why? Because he knows that you are a marked man, you are a marked woman, and your entire life is a marked ministry. Somebody say marked, somebody say marked. And because your life is a marked ministry, because every step you take has been marked, every air you breathe has been marked, the life you live is a marked life. Because these things are true, your words should follow your ministry. Your words should be marked as well. Somebody say, mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. I got to mark my words. When I say your words should be marked, if God marked you, if God marked your days and you have a marked ministry, this means the words that come out of your mouth need to have the same amount, the same level of intention when it, before they come out of your mouth as God did when he was focusing on you, giving you his undivided attention and giving your days, your days, it's undivided attention. So before a word parts your lips. You have to make sure you set it apart. You have to make sure you're focused on it. And just like God didn't throw you around and just throw you together, you can't just throw words together and words just can't fall from your lips without any control. Make your words mark. Mark your words. Somebody say, I got to mark my words. I got to I gotta mark my words. This means the words that come out of your mouth can't be careless. We're entering into week three. We're going into week three and you can't keep behaving like week one. And what you have to understand, I am a marked man. I am a marked woman, which means every word that comes out of my mouth has to have the same level of intention that God had because God showed me the blueprint. God makes sure, hey, say, don't worry. Don't worry, I, before you were in your mother's womb, I stopped, I looked at you, and I wrote your name because I wanted to remember you because everything about you is important. Every word that comes out of your mouth is important. No word should be careless, and that is why I like Matthew 12, 36. It says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account of every careless word that they speak. Every careless word that they will speak. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get ready to wrap it, wrap it up. Every careless word that they speak. Your life is a marked ministry. Your life shouldn't look like anybody else's. Your life doesn't have to be a copycat. Your life is important. Why? Because 
God, before he gave you to your parents, he gave you a name. He gave you a birthmark. When the words come out of your mouth, they should already be marked and given to the Lord. This belongs to the Lord. The words that come out of my mouth, I'm giving them back to God. I've marked them and it has God's name on it because this goes back to God because I want to make sure I mark every word that comes out of my mouth. Where you going? Where you're trying to go? How you going to land this airplane? When I gave you the text for your homework, I gave you a text in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 19. And when you read that passage, Jesus comes to Peter and said, Peter, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, he said, and he said, matter of fact, who do you say that I am? He says, well, you, you're Jesus the Christ. And then Jesus look at him, looks at him and says, well, you know, flesh couldn't have revealed that to you. The only way you have that revelation, you have to have a supernatural encounter with God. God had to give you that revelation. And then he looks at Peter and in verse um, 19 or verse 18, he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Mark my words. Somebody say, I got to mark my words. And he says, and I will give you the keys. Why? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, it will be loose in heaven, loosed and bound. I'm giving you authority, Peter, and the disciples were listening. So he's talking to, 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 to Peter and the disciples. He says, I'm giving you authority. So when you open your mouth, whatever you loose on earth, it's going to be loose in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, it's going to be bound in heaven. And I have to ask the question because I'm talking to you because God gives us authority or he gave Peter authority because he trusted Peter and he gives Peter permission to use the power that he already had. And so now Peter has been given authority because God trusted him, his authority level increased. And I'm simply saying, what have you been permitting? What have you been allowing with your words? Whatever you say on earth is going to be in heaven. Whatever you say, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound loose and bound. These words are Jewish legal phrases usually mean that I have the authority that cannot be challenged to do what I have permission to do. And God gave him the authority and he gave them the authority to speak and to declare. And whatever they spoke on earth, it was going to come to pass. And in this context, he's not saying you can change heaven. What he is saying is you can change a lot of things on earth and all you got to do is speak it. I know I got to go. I got to get ready to go, but I need to leave you with this. <clears throat> God is ultimately trying to teach Peter and what I'm trying to, to, to remind you that your, your words are marked. Your words should be marked. Mark your words. The words that come out of your mouth are important. The words that come out of your mouth can't be careless. He says, whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, loose in heaven. What he was really trying to overemphasize to Peter, Peter, you have authority in your words. So when you open your mouth, you got to expect it's going to happen. And he had this authority, his authority increased. His authority increases or your authority can increase by three things. 
your relationship level, your word level, and your stewardship level. Your relationship level, your ability to abide in God's presence, when, you're, when your ability to love and desire more of God outweighs any other blessing, any other thing, that's when your relationship begins to increase. When you just want more of God and more of your relationship with God, your relationship level increases. When your word level increases, this means I want more of your word and I need to eat more of your word. I need the nutrition of the word. And the more words you get on the inside of you, your word level will increase. But your stewardship level simply says this. This is your ability to be faithful with whatever God gives you. Whatever little talent, whatever little blessing, whatever big thing, whatever God gives you, have you been a good steward of your words? Have you been good steward of your talent? Have you been good steward of your time? When you master a level of relationship, when you master a level of your stewardship and even your word, you have the ability to gain authority in a certain area of your life that you didn't previously have. I didn't mean to go so deep or go so around. What I'm saying is because Peter mastered these areas, God increases his level of authority. And now that his level of authority has been increased, he is able to speak and bind and loose. And the question I have to you is what have you been binding and what have you been loosing with your words? Because this is, this is true. This one thing is true. There are demonic angels waiting to receive the words that come out of your mouth, the negative words that come out of your mouth so that they can activate what you've decreed through your mouth. I'm going to say it one more time. Why you need to know that your words have authority, why you need to know that you have to mark your words and every word needs to be unto the Lord is because there are demonic forces, demonic angels waiting around for you to declare something out of your mouth, something negative. And the negative word that comes out of your mouth, you actually decree. And when you decree it out of your mouth, they take your word and they can activate and make that thing come to pass. And you have power. He says, what you bind, what you lose, it can actually come to pass. I'm speaking to somebody today because you need to learn how to mark your words. Give your words back to God and give your words your undivided attention. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over your dialogue. I plead the blood over your conversation. I plead, plead the blood over every uh, thought that comes to your mind because it comes to your mind and many times it comes out of your mouth. I plead the blood of Jesus that it begins to shift your conversation internally and externally that you mark your words and that you give them back to the sender. Lord, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a Good, good day. Peace.